We're going to talk about some things today. We're going to talk about, as, as the Lord flows, I have so many notes, I couldn't bring them. Let me say this. I have to learn how to yield to right things, and I have to learn how to resist wrong things. Everything about my life will be determined on that. Every wrong way that you've ever gone in your life, it's because you started yielding to an unseen influence. Every good thing that's ever happened to you is when you yield to the Spirit of God and go a right direction. Here is, here is something that if you don't get anything else today, you got to understand this. You can never, ever, ever, ever feel sorry for yourself. Because if you start feeling sorry for yourself because of what you're going through or what's been done to you, I mean, talk to Fran, right? You can't, if, if she would have started feeling sorry for herself, and were you tempted at all to feel sorry for yourself? Oh, my gosh. Just every day. Just every day. But had she done that, Bud probably wouldn't, he'd be in heaven. And we'd get to, we, we would miss, we, we'd miss all the wonderful gifts, right? I know. Don't tempt him, right? Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> I'm ready to go with you, but not, not early, not early, right? But, you know, we can't feel sorry for ourselves. We have to learn how to yield to right influences and res- resist wrong influences. Now, here's the other thing I want to say before we get into this. You know, and I mentioned it earlier, but, you know, have you ever, I, I don't recommend this, and I never was a horror flick person. I think they're just demonic. But when, you know, you go into video stores and you'd walk by the section and remember they used to have the covers on there or they they'd have movies where you know satan is just this massive evil looks so much stronger than than anything good <clears throat> but good always ends up winning but you know just evil Evil, the demonic powers, they always look so mean and evil and scary. But I'm here to tell you, they are not scary for you and I. As a matter of fact, I could show you in the word where the Bible says that they shudder and shake and tremble in the presence, in your presence, because you're in Christ. The Bible says in James 4, 7, we're going to break this down a little bit, but the Bible says things like this. You submit yourself to God. In other words, you're yielding to right things. You resist the devil, and he will flee from you like he's in terror. That's the devil. That's the demon, demonic powers, all this stuff. So let's, let's get into this a little bit. We've been talking for three weeks of the last seven on how to stay on your path. you got to be open to being led by the Spirit. And I'm telling you the reason why we have not seen the power is because God is a peripheral. He's not the center. And those days are changing. I'm telling you, God, when you put him first place, everything in your life changes and will continue to change. Or we, we call it change, you could say transformed. You'll turn your whole life right side up. 
So let's go to Luke chapter 9. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 9 and verse 1. So here's Jesus. He's on the earth. Now remember, the word of God tells us in the gospel of John, as the father has zoe life in himself, this is the very essence of life that God has, he has given the son to have zoe life in himself. The very essence of the life of God. That is literally the source of, the, of, of everything to do with authority. So now Jesus shows on the scene, he, he's, he's all man and all God, and he has zoe life in him, which gives him a right to delegate authority to 12 disciples who are not born again. But he gives them delegated authority to go out and minister, to heal the sick, to cast out devils. He, he gives them delegated authority. Now, although Adam turned the authority of the earth over to Satan, when Jesus showed up, and here's the principle, you must understand this. What God did through Jesus is not even to be compared. It's so far beyond what Satan ever did through Adam to mess things up. So now you have Jesus. He not only has authority in the earth over Satan, <clears throat> a greater authority, that's pretty powerful, and he actually could delegate it to 12 of his disciples that were not even born again. So in Luke chapter 9, verse 1, it says, then he called his 12 disciples together, gave them power, this is dunamis, miraculous power that is released. He gave them power and authority. This word authority, as we have said before, is excusia in the Greek. It's delegated authority. So Jesus gave them delegated authority and he gave them miraculous power. Or you could translate the word dunamis, you could translate it ability. In other words, he gave them delegated power and he gave them ability over how many devils? All. Now it says devils, but you could translate that demons. Demons, devils, all of, satanic, all of the satanic hierarchy. And it says also he gave them Ability and delegated authority to, to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now in verse 6 it says, And they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel. The gospel, that Greek word means news that is too good to be true. And healing everywhere. So they did, they left and they did that. Now let's go over to Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Now the 12 come back. No doubt that they shared, but now Jesus is going to go, okay, now he has 70 other of, of leader disciples that he's going to send out two by two to everywhere he's going to go. That's what Charles Finney did. Before he would go into a town, he would send people to start praying and start preparing the way. Jesus would send two by two his disciples everywhere to places that he would end up going. Okay? 
So look at what he does here with the, with the 70. After these things, verse 1, the Lord appointed. Do you know you are appointed? You're ordained. You're called to have authority in the earth. You've been given sovereign authority in the earth. You have sovereign authority in your life. Now, your authority will be limited when it comes to other people's will, and the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all that, right? But you have sovereign authority in your life. If Satan illegally attacks your body with sickness, you have the authority to rebuke it and get it out of your body. And don't be moved by time. Faith is now. You rebuke it, it has to go. Right? Don't be moved by symptoms. We don't, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. But the end result will be that sickness, that disease has to leave your body. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also, and he sent them two by two before his face into every city and place wherever he, would, he himself would, would come. Therefore he said unto them, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Go your ways, verse 3, Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Then if you jump here, he says, Carry neither purse, nor script, nor shoes, and salute no man by the way. In other words, you don't have to worry about anything. Don't take anything. I'm going to provide everything for you. Verse 9, heal the sick that are therein and say to them, the kingdom of God is come, nigh, is come nigh or near to you. Now if you jump down to verse 17, we have the 70 returning. And the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. In other words, the devils are subject to us through the authority of your name. Now this is before Jesus even went to the cross. Wow. We see that, that the only change that has happened is now Jesus has all authority and he's given us all authority in the earth. And he said to them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. And then look at this in verse 19. He says, behold. In other words, guys, I want you to see this. I give you power. Power. Excusia. Delegated authority. Jesus said, I'm giving you. Now listen to this, guys. I give you delegated authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So Jesus, to break this down, behold, I give you delegated authority over all, or to tread, let's get it right, to tread. This word tread in the Greek means to have complete mastery over serpents and scorpions. He gave them delegated authority, which caused them to have complete mastery over Satan's hierarchy. 
and over all the power. This word power means the ability of the enemy. And look at how it finishes up. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Just in that verse alone, do you have anything to worry about with Satan? Nothing. You need to see that. Now here's the thing, and we're learning about this on Wednesday night. Until you completely submit your life to the Lord, you're going to not know who you are in Christ. And your, your identity will continually be defined by your environment, by maybe the way you grew up or, or the way you're thinking. But, oh man, if you'll completely submit to him, which is submitting to his word, you will discover who he is and find out who you are in him. See, nowhere in the New Testament does it tell a believer to pray so that God takes care of Satan. God says you take care of him. Jesus already stripped him. They're already defeated. I remember a guy named Terry Law years and years ago when I was at Ramah. We were at church and he, he preached a sermon and it's out of his book, The Truth About Angels. I love this book. It's probably the best book on angels I've ever read. And he said, he, there's a chapter in it, what they saw And I'm telling you, he talked about how that when Jesus came out of that tomb, he ascended into heaven with his own blood. And on the way to heaven, he reduced Satan to nothing. He brought him to naught. It was a Roman military term. Basically, Satan was lined up with every fallen angel, every demonic power. And right in front of them, Jesus stripped Satan of everything. The, a, Roman, a Roman general would literally say things like, you used to be a free people, now you're not. And then they would literally march them naked through the streets of Rome. Their leaders, all the military guys saw, their generals, their leaders, everything. The enemy saw all these demons, all these fallen angels. They saw Satan be completely stripped of all power. But he will operate as an outlaw. He can't kick your door down. He's got to lure you with this unseen influence, throwing thoughts in your mind, giving you suggestions to try to open the door to him. That's how it works. But the reality of it is we have been given delegated authority in the name of Jesus Satan can't have your kids. Satan can't come into your house, right? Sickness and disease has no right in your body. Poverty and lack has no right in your life, but you will have to use the authority that you've been given to keep it out. But we got to get a proper perspective. You can't think that Satan's so big and bad. The Bible says we're going to see him one day. We're going to look upon him. You know what we're going to say? The Bible says we're going to look on him and go, in, 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 in our modern English, are, are you serious? That, that's the one that... Do you, know, do you know why? Because, see, when we look at him, we will already be in our glorified bodies, so we won't have this nature in our flesh right now 
that if we give into it, we could not know who we really are. We'll see him as he is. We'll see us as we are in him. But I'm telling you, you could do that right now. You could, you could beat your flesh black and blue. You could, you could put the word of God first place. And oh, I encourage you to do it. Because in a very short time, guys, we're going to go from faith to sight. We're going to see our king. We're going to see our God. And you will have wanted to walk out his plan for your life. This is huge. So now, it says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. So now let's fast forward again. Notice we've done this a little bit. Go to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. I think it's about in verse 18. Just as Jesus now, he's come out of the grave, and now look at what he says to them. Jesus came, now he had already ascended into heaven, put his mer- he, he poured his blood on the mercy seat in heaven, not covering sin anymore, wiping it out, it's all gone, you will never see, like that word said from Brother Hagen, I love that, we will not stand, we'll stand at the judgment seat of Christ, but that's a rewards thing where your, your works are going to be judged. Did you do what he's called you to do? Now, unfortunately, many believers, that's not going to be a fun day for them because everything they did in the earth is going to go up in smoke. You know, well, well now, wait a minute. I was this, I was this elite athlete, and, and I was the CEO of a company, and I, and I did this and that, and it's all going to go up in smoke because it was all about you. And then there will be others that will be elite athletes and CEOs of company. That, that fire's going to go over their works. And it's going to be gold and precious stones. And Jesus is going to look at them because they put him first. And they followed his plan for their life. And they did everything in faith, not in their own strength. And they're going to get rewards for it. And they're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. We're going to be surprised that day who's walking around with the biggest rewards. And all of the rewards, they don't speak of you or me. They speak of Jesus, right? So now he says this. He spoke to them saying, all power, all power. This is again the Greek word excusia, all authority. Now obvious, the authority that Jesus had when he was on the earth the authority that was given to Adam was not all. Because this is a new day. This is everything God gave to Adam. And, and what Adam gave to Satan, Jesus got back all of that. But now Jesus says, all authority. Look at this. All power, which is delegated authority, is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Adam and Eve would have sovereign authority on the earth. We, as children of God now, we have sovereign authority, but we don't come from the position of earth, we come from the position of heaven. Because positionally right now, or temporally, I'm speaking to you. Right? So I'm spe- but, but positionally, I'm actually even preaching from a position of seated with Christ. When I pray, I'm not praying from earth to heaven. I'm praying from heaven to earth. 
when I speak of my authority, when I tell demonic powers, I bind you, I'm not looking up, I'm looking down. Because they're under my feet. Because I do everything now, all authority that has been given to Jesus in heaven and in earth. This is why now God made it real plain. Now we made a religious prayer out of it, but he said that his will, with, his will for the earth was that whatever his will is in heaven, that it would be that way on the earth. That's pretty powerful. So it says here, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. So now let's fast forward in Jesus' life to let's, let's go. Now this is, gosh, let's just say 16. This might be 70 years later maybe where Jesus appears to one of his disciples on the island of Patmos. Let's go to Revelation chapter 1 in verse 17. Give another another piece to the puzzle here. This is so good. Hallelujah. We got I'm just going to read whatever. It's so good. I got to read it from verse 10. Revelation 1:10. It says and I was in the spirit in the spirit. That means that John says, all of a sudden, I was immediately in the Spirit. On the Lord's Day. Now we think, oh, was that Saturday? Was that Sunday, right? Seventh-day Adventists will go, oh, it's Saturday. Christians go, no, it's Sunday. No, the Lord's Day was Domitian's Day. It was the Caesar's Day. He called it the Day of the Lord. It was the day everybody had to proclaim Domitian, the current Caesar of the day, who exiled John. They had to proclaim that he was Lord, that he was God. So on the day that everybody is supposed to proclaim that he's God, because the book of Revelation is a revealing of Jesus, it's a revealing that he is greater than anything the enemy will ever do. So of course Jesus is going to appear to John on that day. I love this. If you read the book of Revelations and study it, it just disses. You almost feel sorry for the Antichrist. Not quite, but you almost do. It says here, on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. We're going to know that voice. Because we're going to hear the voice of a trumpet saying, come up here. Saying, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What you see, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. Unto Ephesus, Smyrna, uh, Pergamus, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. These were three large churches and uh, four smaller churches. Notice, first time Jesus shows up after his ascension, he's right in the middle and talking about the local church. Interesting. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like into fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, sorry. And his voice was as a sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars. I love that. He had in his right hand seven stars. You know what those stars were? They were the seven pastors. I'm so grateful he has me. 
It's why I'll never back down. That's why I'll always preach what he wants me to preach. Because I'm not kept by anything but him. That's a boldness. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. I got so excited I lost my place. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Look at this. Amen. I love Jesus. When he talks, he talks faith. Right? I'm the first and the last. I'm the one who liveth and was dead, but now I'm alive forevermore. He got so excited, he's like, so be it unto me. (laughs) But then he said something else. And now he gives us another picture. He says, and I have the keys of hell and death. I'm telling you, when Jesus closed his eyes and said it was finished, he goes, it is finished. He gave, the Bible didn't say, see, they didn't take his life, he laid it down. The Bible says on the cross, after he said it was finished, that's when he gave up his spirit. His blood was not spilled, it was poured out. That's a whole study in itself. So now, what happened when he shut... See, in the book of Revelation, it says this. It says, death rode a horse. That's interesting. Talking about death in first person. And hell followed after him. Well, this is the angel of death. This is the angel of hell. Two guys you don't want to meet. Guess what? Never going to meet them. I might get to see them fly through the air into the lake of fire. Bye. Right? But when a person dies, when Jesus closed his eyes, guess what he saw? The angel of death. Guess what he did? He stripped him of the keys. Then he saw the angel of hell, and he stripped him of the keys. And he said to us now, all authority in heaven and on earth is mine. I have the keys of death and hell. Now you go in my name. This is the authority that you have as a believer. You're not just Tony. You're not just living your life. You're not not a person that's underneath all kinds of circumstances. No, you have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. You have been made the head and not the tail. Your life has been tucked away with Christ in God. That's the authority that we have as believers. I love this. So now, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. Hallelujah. I I hope you're getting excited about this. I hope when you're hearing this, that you're starting to get ideas. That if there's sickness in your body, or if there's something you've been dealing with, a, a, a joint or something that's not working right, or pain in your body, I hope you start going, yeah, That has no right in me. I hope that if you've been under the gun financially your whole life, or maybe you find yourself, man, I'm working. I don't even like my job. I'm just doing it for money. I don't feel like I'm really doing anything about purpose. That you start to go, wait a minute, time out. No, 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 no. God has a plan for my life. He has a purpose for my life. I am not settling. 
The Bible says he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or even think, but it's according to the power that works in you. You know what that power is if you study that passage in Ephesians? It's the revelation of the love of God for you. Hallelujah. Ephesians, where did I tell you though? Chapter 4, verse 27. Hallelujah. So look at what this says. Neither give place to the devil. Nowhere in the New Testament are believers told to pray against the devil. It says that you are not to give him place. Hallelujah. So let's put up the amplified version of that. And I'm going to go here. Ephesians 4, 7. 427. I love the way the Amplified puts this. It says, leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. Don't put up with sickness that can be controlled by a pill. Don't put up with a sniffly nose. Don't put up with allergies. Don't allow Satan to drop thoughts in your children's mind. Come into your house and mess with them in their bed. No. Don't let Satan ever take you out in an intersection with a drunk driver or somebody on their phone. Oh, Tony, who do you think you are? I know who I am. I'm a child of God in Christ. Right? My life is not my own. Ephesians 4.27 Give no place to the devil. This is huge. This is huge. Actually, let's go, to, let's go there. I've been wanting to get here. Go to, go to James chapter 4 and then we're going to look at some things. James chapter 4 we're going to camp out here for a little while. Because this, this reveals this reveals why we're giving a foothold to Satan, why we're giving him place, because we're not submitted to the Lord. Submitting to God is submitting to his word. You can never separate God from his word. So it says here, submit yourselves to God or therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Can you put that up in the Young's literal translation? Let me see if I could get it here too. James 4, 7. Young's literal. It says in, in Young's literal, it says, be subject then to God. Stand up against the devil and he will flee from you. Now, here's the thing. If you couldn't do that, God would be unjust. Do you know, as you're sitting here today, you have been created in Christ for this. I love that. Hallelujah. There's a principle about authority that you've got to know. You have to be submitted to authority in order to use your authority. 
The reason why Jesus could walk in authority is because he was submitted to his father's authority. Now that really, that doesn't seem like a big deal unless you're an American. Well, you know, I'm just, I'm going to do my own thing. Okay. And here's the thing, you're really not, but you're going to live your whole life giving in to the unseen influences of the enemy, and he's going to constantly steal, kill, and destroy. So you have to be subject to authority. See, think about this. You can't, you can't be in a position where you make Satan yield to the authority you have in Christ if you are yielding to him. This is, this is huge. So if you're yielding to the enemy, you will never be able to use your authority, even though you have it. You have it. But you'll, he'll laugh at you because he knows how authority works. You'll have no confidence. So if you're yielding to him, what do do I mean by that? You're saying no to what God wants you to do, but you're saying yes to what Satan wants you to do. Right? So we got to learn this. These are some principles, guys. When you give God his place over you, you are able to take... You might want to write this. I have this in my Bible. When you give God... His place over you, you're always able to take your place over the devil. Now, here's where we're going to go with this. And this is what you have to understand. Whatever spirit you yield to, you will start to exhibit the characteristics of. When you yield, see now, and I'll show you this in the word, in both ways. Why do you know people that are cutting themselves with razors? Do you know that's a demonic spirit? And you know what that demonic spirit does? It cuts himself with stones or sharp objects. If you can see in the spirit world. Do you know what a dumb spirit will do? A dumb spirit, it says it right in the word of God, a dumb spirit. When a dumb spirit is influencing an individual, guess what? They can't talk. You know why? Because the dumb spirit can't talk. Perverse spirits. The reason why the person will start to act and have a behavior that's perverse is because they're giving in, they're yielding to this perverse spirit that's perverted, and it's constantly on them. Look at this. Watch this. Do this. Go hook up with this person. Go do. It's constant, and it'll consume their whole life because they never stop. So this is why you got to understand addictions, things like that, all of it. If you're yielding to a demonic, now am I saying you're possessed? No, I'm not saying that. If you're a child of God, Satan can't, a demon can't possess you, but he can, he can oppress you to where you start taking on his characteristics. 
We've got to see this. So that's why you don't want to yield. You know what a lying spirit does? It lies. I mean, if you could see in the spirit realm, here's this spirit that is just bound, just wants to end his life, its life. It just is consumed with wanting to end its life, but it can't. So it starts influencing people, and they start ending their lives. Spirit of suicide. See, people don't understand this stuff. Can we talk about this in church? You guys okay? Because when you realize it, it gives you power over it. You must resist wrong influences and yield to right influences. This is a huge, huge, huge thing. So let's look at something. Let's go to Mark chapter 5. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 1. I'm kind of running out of time, so we might have to... We'll continue this next week. You guys will come back. Hallelujah. Some of you are so hungry, you come back at 11. <laughs> then we have other people, man, they like to get up. They kind of get ready. They get breakfast. They sit down at their table, and they watch the first service online while they're eating breakfast. Then they come to the second service, right? <laughs> Luke chapter 11. Look at verse 14, just real quick. Luke chapter 11, verse 14. It says this, And he, talking about Jesus, was casting out a devil, and it was dumb. Now, all devils are dumb. We understand that, right? Okay. But we're talking, he, can't, he couldn't, the, the, the devil that he cast out was a dumb devil. He couldn't talk. And it came to pass when the devil was gone out, the dumb spoke, and the people wondered. The reason why the person couldn't speak, because it took on the characteristics of the devil that was dumb. But when the demonic influence was removed, now if you were to, if you were to send this person to the doctor, they would be able to give a natural diagnosis of why this person couldn't speak. But we understand that all sickness and disease and all of this has a spiritual, satanic Root, And when you get rid of that, the natural will change. Now this is an example of a person who is possessed, but it's the same thing. Oppression, it's exercising hard control over. Isn't this... Then what, what happened here, but some of them said, well, he casts out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. And others, tempting him, sought of him a sign from heaven. Hey, do that again. <laughs> right? But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against himself is brought to desolation. A house divided against a house falleth. 
If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because you say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Ouch. Therefore they shall be your judges. And then this is the part I love. But if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God is come to you. So demonic influence, this unseen influence, it literally will influence. I mean, think of the world today. We have people in this world that have so much wealth, but it's not enough. They don't want other people to live just a nice life. It's always this throughout all of human history. They want to control masses. Why? Well, it's satanic. These evil spirits are influencing them. This is why don't look at a leader that is over our country or over our state or whatever it is. Don't look at them as the enemy. Because if you do, you're going to get off balance. They're being influenced. And we have authority over the influence. Man, boy, if we can get that. Hallelujah. I love this. But if you, by the finger of God, so you could imagine, Jesus says, come out. God the Father says, no problem. Bam. I don't know if you've ever watched the cartoon. I'm a grandfather, so I've, I've watched this. It's called Bible Man. And what I love about Bible Man is he quotes a scripture, and then he puts his sword in the ground or does something, and the bad guy just, ah. <laughs> and that's what happens. I know we're joking about some of these things, but we've also, we're starting to get into a little bit about this. You have authority. Over, over all the satanic hierarchy, nothing shall by any means hurt you. So get everything out of your life that does not line up with the word of God. Be excited. Rejoice. You know, people, I'll just talk about myself. People think they can't lose weight. But you know, to lose weight, you got to deal with some things. Right? If you could have what you say, man, I need to be walking around going, I love salads. I love, I don't know if I, I guess I can do all things through Christ, right? I, I love Brussels sprouts. I'm not so sure. See, all these people talk about healthy food, but then they talk about a Brussels sprout that is just dripping in oil and garlic and, and fried and, and, you know, that's no, that's not healthy anyway. So anyway. But be excited about this, guys. We are living in a time and in a season. You can change anything in your life to line up with what God says. You want to be disciplined. If you're trying to lose weight, stop trying and start speaking. Speak to your metabolism. Well, I just, I hate working out. Stop that. Start saying, I love to work out. I just love cardio. Right? No, you got to do it. You got to do it. If you're bound in an area of an addiction, 
Start saying you're free. Command that demonic influence. Say Satan, spirit of whatever, right? I bind you and I shut you down. The Bible is very clear. Whatever you will allow, he has to allow. But if you won't allow it, are you saying I could speak to my metabolism? Absolutely. Are you saying that I could break the power of a demonic influence and break the power off of that and all of a sudden I won't have a desire to smoke or drink or take drugs? Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually I'm saying it, but I wasn't the first one. This says it. What? You mean I could go from where I am financially into abundance? Yes. Yes. God needs you to right? God is good, guys, and he loves you. Don't look at where you've been or where you are as the final authority. You look at the word of God. You look at Jesus, and you determine where you want to be. Amen? This is, this is important. And what, what is your path? As, as, you, as you meditate in the word, you will see your path. None of us, I cannot walk out Liz's path. I, I can't see it. The, light, the word of God will be a lamp to her path in the same way she can't see my path. Right? This is the way it works, but we walk in love. And we, we encourage each other and build each other up. And that's how we live as Christians. Amen?